It's the Stretch Four Podcast, your weekly look at hoops, hip hop, culture, and life. From me, Aaron Herzog. And from me, Keenan Willis. Keenan, we have come to the end of yet another Philadelphia 76ers season. And just like always, it has ended in the second round. And, you know, I've got I've got thoughts about it. The takes are flying. How about you, Keenan? How how are you doing a day after? Uh, You know, a day after I am like surprisingly not emotional, which I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, Not sure if you're numb or if you're just an adult about processing losses in professional sports. Or or something in between, you know, I don't think it's fully, you know, adult processing things the right way. But um, yeah, I just, you know, I'm I'm doing I'm doing OK, but there speaking, are a lot of takes flying. Speaking of processing, you sent me the, the tweet to remind me that yesterday, May 14th, was yeah. the 10-year anniversary of Sam Hinkie's hiring as president of basketball operations or GM or whatever the hell his position was yeah. of the Philadelphia yeah. 76ers. And I was like, yeah, it means something. I don't know quite what it means. <laughs> it's definitely a sign for something. And then, you know, on the biggest stage, on Sunday, primetime, Mother's Day, only game, only the whole game. anybody who cares about basketball watching, the Sixers gonna sixer. That's that's what they did. They didn't show up when they needed to show up the most. And before we say anything else, I want to say that they blew this game. They did not show up. They did not have. They did. Are you disagreeing or are, is that no? A, no, is that I'm, a I'm not saying like okay. Yeah, that's for those. Even, even when we had an early lead, it still yeah. didn't look good. It was role players stepping up. It was you know. Harden and Embiid did not show up. They did not look like they were ready to go. They didn't look like they were that they were like, you know, ready for the moment. You know, I I almost texted a few people very early in the game. Like, I don't like the fact that every time Joel's touching the ball, he's past the three point line and reaching towards midcourt to get the ball. He's going backwards away from the rim every single time. It was it was just such a symbol. They did not show up. They played terribly. Their leaders didn't lead them. They relied on uh, role players in the first half to keep it close, and then they got absolutely blown out in the second half. Yeah. They it was one of the worst halves of basketball I've ever watched. Honestly, it was it was like a six minute stretch in the third quarter. Yeah, yeah, that was that was that was it, and you're just like, oh, this is. Just absolutely completely untenable now. Total domination for for that period of time, and then just complete win knocked out of them. No fight left in them. Didn't even didn't even want to try to scrape and scrap to make it close. They just yeah. gave up. With that being said, mm-hmm. I've got a lot more. I've got a lot more to say about the Philadelphia 76ers of the past 10 years of this season and going forward. Keenan, do you want me to take the lead? Do you just want me to I, go? I, do you just want I do. I do. Because I have a feeling I'm, I'm gonna agree with you on a lot, and I have a feeling I'm gonna disagree with you on some of it. That's you know, that's right where we want to be for a podcast. <laughs> I just want to say 
starting off that I am disappointed in the fan base of the Philadelphia 76ers and their reaction to this loss. It's a loser mentality. It's a complete loser mentality to come at this game and just be so defeated by another loss. And I get it. It's Boston, okay? It's the Mm -hmm. nemesis. It's the team that has been like, you know, the thorn in our side for so many reasons, for the the Tatum-Markel Foltz trade, for just being a division rival, for history, for the playoff matchups, for Al Horford, for every single thing. It's Boston, and I get that, you know? So it is extra kind of defeating for that. But, like, the blow-it-up attitude, the get-rid-of-everybody attitude, the, like, Mm -hmm. you're not thinking rationally. You're thinking with your, your, you're going too much heart and no head, immediately the 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 Joel Embiid is finished takes are preposterous they're completely preposterous are they yes they are they're completely preposterous (laughs) the Joel Embiid is finished is done the the tweets that are like that are so ready they were in the chamber for when the Sixers lost to be like the only MVP to never make the conference finals in his career is Joel Embiid preposterous? Well, because they were scheduled, because yeah. this was predictable. Because, well, that's that's what I have to say. <laughs> uh, they are, they are, they were one terrible half. And now, okay, I know a few weeks ago we said no moral victories, and I'm not taking this as a moral victory. This is not a mm-hmm. moral de- victory. This is a defeat. This is complete mm-hmm. defeat. It's not a moral victory. We were one terrible half away from beating the one team in the league that we knew going into the playoffs was the worst matchup for them across the NBA. The worst team to see. We knew it would happen in the second round if it, you know, if it lined up correctly, if the teams who won uh, Mm -hmm. take care of business in the first round. And they did. We knew it would happen. We were one absolutely shitty, terrible half, and also a blown game six, which... I mean, adds to the defeatist nature of it. Mm-hmm. Away from beating a team nobody thought they had a chance of beating going into the series. What were they? They were like a what were what were they as an underdog? We we, we were pretty pretty bad odds. I think we were yeah we were like plus five fifty something like that going into the second round. Yeah. Okay. Now after this series, I still think. Uh. I think now that the Celtics are a more beatable team than I thought before the series, even with that loss yesterday. I am more confident in the Sixers as currently constructed without any major changes that they could actually beat the Celtics than I was before this series. And I think that's exactly why you're seeing the reaction that you're seeing. Yeah, because we all saw that this is a very beatable team. Okay, yeah, and that this was this was and the that chance. we completely failed to do so. Yeah, after I've... doing so three times, twice in Boston, mm-hmm. we just completely didn't show up. Okay, I think that's I think that's what's fueling the reaction you're seeing. Yeah, I think the way that this series played out was, um, gave Philly fans a bit of false hope for this team 
But why is it false hope if this is a beatable team? I think it's a beatable team. But, okay, the way that the series played out, right? Philly stole the first game in Boston without Joel Embiid. Huge amount of huge reaction there, obviously. It's like, ooh, this sure. is a winnable This is a winnable series, you know? Mm-hmm. That yeah. was definitely, uh, uh, like I said the last episode, the Russian is cut moment, you know, especially without Joel mm-hmm. Embiid. Yeah. Then they lose two straight. Then they win two straight, and they're up, okay? Mm-hmm. So to to... To win game six would have meant taking three in a row against Boston, which is hard to do. To win three straight games against a good team in a, you know, so game six. Against a team that is that has blown the most leads in, look, in the regular season this look, year down the stretch. I'm just, I'm just saying, saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at this from a very practical standpoint. To win game mm-hmm. six would have been taking three in a row from Boston. Sure, they had the momentum. They were at home. It was a blown game. I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm, it was a blit- missed opportunity. They they lost a game that they could have won in game six, and then they had to go back to Boston, and then they didn't show, and then they completely didn't show up, which is heartbreaking. It's a heartbreaking loss. But to say that this is like some sort of end, other than it's and I, and it's just people being sick of the same thing. It's just people being sick of the same result, losing in the second round. And I've got one other thing to say about that. Making the conference finals isn't some sort of victory. Uh, All these people, like so many people are like, oh, just making the conference finals would be some sort of huge step forward. Losing in the conference finals is no different than losing in the second round. Oh, I disagree with you there. Making the NBA finals, that's an accomplishment. Losing in the conference finals is not an accomplishment, especially Com- the way that the bracket. completely disagree with you there. Yeah? Okay, please go on. Provide Here's the only detail. reason why. Because I've been ranting, the, so please. <laughs> the, mantra, the mantra the whole time has been trust the process, right? Uh-huh. We have not progressed since 2016? That was the last time we did something new. Okay, that's just looking at things from a how far you go in the playoff standpoint. But it, at the end of the day, it's an it's an end results league. Like you can you can be like, yes, we 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 played we played better throughout the regular season. Who cares? Regular season doesn't matter. There's reason why people are you know rooting to to um, lower the the number of games in the regular season because all that matters is the playoffs. So. If we're supposed to trust the process, the process has been the same for the last six to seven seasons. There's nothing left to trust other than trust your gut that this isn't it. And I think what's frustrating is that how do we get better? There's not really a path forward. I agree. That's the problem. I do agree that that is. I do agree that that is the problem. Here's here's what I think about that. Right. Um. Trusting, trusting the process. Got really, got. I mean, we've talked about this, but it got really fucked up. They fucked sure. up. They fucked up the process. Yeah. Our our did. problem. Our problem was trusting that middle point of the process where they were fucking everything up. Sure. Or they're making sure. moves that we were that we had already we had already bought into trusting the process. And then the process went to shit. And we were like, ah, I guess we got to trust the process because we're already trusting the process. That's right. when it that's when it went wrong. I feel like in the last, you know, couple of years, the Daryl Morey era, 
You know, they are they are closer to a team with a with a plan. They're just running out of time and they've and they're running out of assets. And I think that I think that you're right. It is hard to see a path forward. Is and you know we can we can talk about that what the, what the path forward is, but is it? Do you think they're a better team blowing it up, or do you think that there are moves that they can make around the edges? You know, I would say we've never been a free agent destination, and so there's little hope for me that like ring chasers will come here. I mean, you know, especially after that. Especially yeah, even, after that performance, because you know, like even the in dog a season was where we, sh- even in a season where they should have come here, they didn't. Like, there's no reason we shouldn't have been able to 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 sign some buyout candidates down the stretch. Mm-hmm. There's no reason we shouldn't have been able to outside of uh, roster size constraints. That would be the only reason. Yeah. Did anybody uh, even look at Philly other than like Kevin Love saying he was looking at Philly? I I don't think so. I I never heard us seriously seriously mentioned for anyone. And it, but like, it feels like he was just know. destined to go to Miami, and that he just kind of mentioned Philly as like, uh, well, maybe I won't go to Miami. Right, right. Um, the other thing that I think is is frustrating um, is at a certain point we went all in on Harden. You know, like the last last two and a half seasons became let's go get James. Part of that is hiring Daryl Morey. Yes. Um, you know you're gonna he's gonna go after his guy. But like we went all in to get over a playoff hump for a guy that notoriously can't get over a playoff hump. That's true. So like how are you then shocked that he didn't get over a playoff on. You know? I would I would have to say that I think the thinking with that was that he would be the 1B. He would be the second best player on a team. He would no sure. longer have to carry a team. And I think that the, the reality of that is that I don't think he knows how to play like that. Exactly. You saw how he, he played. I don't think he can. When he played in game one and he took over the game, he, he looked like a flashes of prime hearted. When yeah. he was allowed to take over the game in what was it, game four? Uh yeah. He looked like flashes of Prime Harden. When he's trying to coexist with Joel Embiid, he still doesn't they still don't have that down. And is it they sh- they should by now? They've had a season and a half to get that down, but they they haven't. They haven't figured that out, which is concerning, trying to like figure well, that out going forward. Like and, and let if me he's pose even a question still here. Let me pose a question to you. Um, isn't it always destined to end this way when you have a dominant big? That, like, they, that you don't know how it, to mesh with someone? No, that 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 the big can't ever turn it on and off. Like even you when you had when you had Shaq and Kobe, mm-hmm. that was both of those players. I, it was it was a little earlier than Kobe's prime, but like he wasn't past his prime. I don't think you can do it with a big in their prime and a guard that's past their prime. Okay, because Shaq was always, no. you know, him and Penny came in the league basically the same time. Yeah. Um, 
he was older than Kobe. He was older than Wade. You know, he was he was tail very tail end of his prime for like a year or maybe two with Wade, and right. Wade was entering his prime. Right. So but you, here's you the think thing: the he, guard rec- has he recognized to- it. Yeah, he knew. He knew because well, I, I say that because in the playoffs, possessions drop, scoring opportunities drop, the game gets slower. Which you would think, oh, that that serves a big. You just dump it down. The game gets slower. You, you give it to your big, and they go to work, which is fine. Um, if you have a guard that can, you know, contribute in other ways, I don't think James knows how to play without being the guy. I don't think he knows how to play in the playoffs I without think being the guy. It almost seems like mentally he doesn't quite check out, but like doesn't fully know what to do when he's not like was completely tented. completely ball dominant. And yeah, uh huh. Also, um, quick aside: the moment I knew we were going to lose the game is uh, normally in the playoffs. I am that psycho that's actually looking at ref assignments and things like that. Uh huh. Um, the minute I looked up and I was like, oh, we have Tony Brothers and Scott Foster on this game. There's not a chance we're going to win because the the minute that James is on the floor with Scott Foster, his head is there. His head gets, yeah. He's not, uh-huh. he's not playing basketball. He's worried about the rest. You could see it immediately <laughs> in the body language. Um, but that's, that's, that's just a quick aside. But like, yeah, I don't think he knows how to. Yeah, Eric Lewis, you mean not Tony Brothers? I just looked it up. Did we? Did we? I thought the, we had. I thought. I thought Tony it was, was there too. Scott Foster, Bill Kennedy, Eric Lewis were the three. Mm, three. Oh, Bill Ken- I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Bill Kennedy, not 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 Tony okay. Brothers. Because Eric yeah, yeah. Lewis is the Celtics fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Yes. Um, no, it was uh, uh, yeah, Bill Kennedy. Um, but yeah, like not. But yeah, like. You know, like some people are like, "Oh, the refs are going to blow calls," but in a different, in a totally different way, they affect the game because they get into certain players' heads. Yeah, like like James. The minute he's on the floor with Scott Foster, he's gone. He's like already resigned himself to losing the game. Um, and then I think he also has, you know, fear of the the self fulfilling prophecy, which then in and of itself becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. Like, and it yeah it becomes like a yips kind of thing. He took the first two shots of the first quarter, didn't shoot for the rest of the quarter, um, or at least didn't successfully get a shot off. He might have gotten a couple shots blocked. I was just going back reviewing the the uh, the play by play. You can't. You just can't have that. I mean, I guess he like like Zach Lowe likes to to point out. He typically goes two for eleven in big games. He at least went three for eleven, but like. At a certain point, you gotta you gotta say, all right, you know what Embiid is. He, he kind of plays he, he he plays hard throughout the year and maybe is gassed by the end of the by the time he gets to the playoffs and and, and needs some help, quote unquote. Um, so you get him a guy that can help him, but like Harden probably isn't the guy. And that's not to say that Harden's not still a very useful player. I think he should have been an All Star this year. Um, I think, you know, he clearly showed that he still has stuff left in the tank, um, to have multiple 40 point games, this this series, but like down the stretch, you can't have your two best players show up in the, or not really not show up in the ways that they did. Yeah. And just kind of, and also 
not when they even do show up, not look like they play well together. Well, and like and, they're either doing one thing or they're doing another thing, but they don't yeah. make it work as like, you know, going back and forth. And my, my beef with Embiid is that early in his career, when the offense wasn't going, he took off on defense. And I thought we got past that, and we largely have, but a soft flashes of that again in the postseason. Um, like especially yesterday, he looked he looked kind of bad protecting the rim. Yeah. Um, he took a lot of bad angles. Um, I and did, I don't know if it was trying to stay out of foul trouble or something, but yeah, I, I did hear things where people said it looked like he re-injured his knee at some point. And this is Celtics people say get, yes. get off the floor. Yeah. If you're going to be that I would argue, I would, yeah, I would argue get off the floor. If you can't move, if you can't move in the way that you, that you should, you're not doing this. And you're going to be a liability the floor hurt. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, you know, it's, you don't want to blame a guy that is, that is playing injured, but like to a certain extent, everybody's playing injured in, in the postseason to, to some degree. Um, it's just, it was, it was frustrating. It was very frustrating to watch. And then on top of that, to make a game six loss about, I need to get the ball. I didn't touch the ball enough down the stretch. And then to turn in the game that you did that game yeah, seven uh-huh. is really bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then to and then to to then double down on that in the presser. And I know a, a lot of people have been saying, oh, his his quote in after game seven was taken out of context, like James and I can't do this alone. In context, it's still not great. I mean the question yeah. was about Joe and James. You answered about Joe and James. You could have just left it there, but then you you decided to tack on, but we can't do it by ourselves. Yeah, that's like an interesting because I think he's like trying to say that it's a team effort, win or lose. I, I get I get I get, I get what get he's what trying he to say, but in that yeah. point, you kind of have to, as the leader of a team, as the MVP of the league take a little bit more responsibility and say, you know, about your lack of showing up in game seven. And, and in particular, he, he, you know, threw in, um, we all have to get better. We all have to like figure out the things that we work on and get better at them. Um, I'm paraphrasing at this point, but it was something to the effect of like, we all have to, to get better at the things we need to improve on. I always do. Yeah. So like, even that, like, even if it's not intentional, like, you got to, you just. The yeah, evo- it's like subliminal. The evolution of it's some is subliminals. Little, yeah. It's a little behind, like, even, even at, what was it, after, uh, even after that, he, like, he, he was, he's, he's making allusions to Giannis, like, yeah, it's not a, it's not a, uh, it's not a failure, like, it's just learning points, but, like, he kind of, it was, like, kind of tongue in cheek. Yeah. There's, and like Harden little... Harden said something similar about like, oh, this is our first year together. We're we're learning how to win together. And it's like, all right, you're not like a you're not like a team of like yeah. 19 and 20 year olds. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're this isn't like the 20 yeah. to 2018 Sixers, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I I just I, I took I took particular 
issue with with those post game comments, um, especially when you look at the discrepancy between Joel's regular season numbers and his and his postseason numbers. I mean that that was just like such a, you know, just such like a slap to such hardcore Joel supporters like us. Yeah, and you yeah. know, ov- obviously, especially when you see what like Jokic is doing in the in the postseason. Yeah, you know he. I you know I'm I'm not gonna say it's because of this. He did get a lot more rest down the stretch because the t- the sure the, the team locked up the one seed pretty early and it lost him the MVP, but it sure gained him a little bit of of uh, of legs for the playoffs. But he also does traditionally step it up in the playoffs, and he does and, and show up when he needs to. And if you if you ask me what's the path forward for the Sixers, that is the only potential positive that I can see is yeah. that Joe has finally won his MVP. Maybe he learns how to better manage an 82-game season mm-hmm. in terms of effort, yeah. which, again, is difficult in this town. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, where difficult. they want you to go 100%, 100% of the time. Yeah. Um, but maybe he learns to manage effort there and, you know, he has a little bit left more, more left in the tank come the postseason. And that's on the, that's on the franchise to help, to help him do that too. You know, they have to like kind of sit him down and have that conversation with him. And it also, you know, the whole thing shows me that he has, he has room to grow and levels to go up as a player specifically with his, you know, kind of like, I guess, mental approach to the game, you would call it. Cause he's like, he's going to learn how to win. Yeah, he has added skills to his game mm-hmm. every offseason. And you know, I don't know how how do you how do you change your mental approach to the game? How how do you, you know, spend the summer with PJ? Like I I don't know. I don't know. Um yeah, I th- there's times like it's times like this where I I wish I had better insight into his relationship with Doc. And he said positive things. He was, you know, probably the one. He said the that most kind of gave an endorsement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm just I'm curious as to how much he is getting veteran support because we haven't really had those vets in the past um, on a team, at least ones that you know you would listen to. Yeah. Um. So like I. I that's that's the one bit of hope that's the one bit of 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 hope i would have in terms of uh in terms of things moving forward what do you do from a roster construction wise if you're in in charge of the sixers what do you look to do this offseason are you looking to move anybody are you looking to see what you can get and, in any areas i mean as much as as much as it doesn't please me to say because i'm i am a fan of his but i think you have to look to move tobias yeah, um, my I mean, it that's kind of like the only thing clearly. You can do. Yeah, that's kind of clearly the number one thing that everybody's going to say going forward. But it's like he's going into the final year of his contract. He makes a mm-hmm. ton of money. What do you what do you you know what I mean? What's the return for Tobias that gets you more than Tobias gives you on the floor? You know, like, so are here's... you able to get, you know, a couple role players? Do you have to? Do you have to send out an additional like first round pick to get off him, or is somebody just going to do that for his expiring contract, or is that something that that is like a better trade at the deadline when a team is like 
you know, underperforming and ready to give up on the season and just wants to unload cap. Return wise, yes. If you're actually trying to win something next year, you have to trade him in the offseason. Um, because like when's the last time. time an in-season trade actually had an effect on that season? This it's year, been... the Lakers. <laughs> With that almost exact type of move. With a single player I'm talking about. <laughs> like <laughs> that was just getting rid of a contract. You know what I mean? And 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 I would argue the last two times it's just happened to be the Lakers. So maybe the Lakers can do it, but nobody else seems to be able to. Yeah, because uh, before that, it's wanna, like the, the league wants to give Lakers favors. <laughs> before that, it, it, it was it was pal. Like that's that's it. Uh, it. Normally, it doesn't doesn't really have an effect on that season. So yeah, um, and also you know the Sixers they don't have LeBron James, so that's a big right. There's also there's also that they don't have LeBron, they don't have Kobe. Those, yeah. Those are the two people that that were the beneficiaries there. Um, yeah, I think I think you have to move them now. Um, I, I think a lot depends on the draft, quite honestly, or really a lot depends on the the next twenty five minutes or so in terms of the draft lottery. Like, there's teams with cap room that also have a shot at getting Wemby, and if you have cap room and you also get Wemby, then Tobias maybe becomes more intriguing. If you're a young team that maybe just needs a veteran, yeah, like I think he a is more to valuable. To stick to, around for a year to. He's more valuable to other teams than he is to us right now. Tobias is like a backup QB for us in terms in terms of his role. Like it's it's great to have a good backup quarterback. Yeah. But like I'd rather but you have don't want him to be somebody the else that second could like... highest paid player on your team. Yeah, yeah, like that. That's I don't know. I'd rather have a, a stud running back than a a great backup QB. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be tough. I think um, you know George Niang just lost himself a lot of money uh, yesterday. With his, uh, talk uh, about sucking out the momentum, by the way. With his grab, that comp- with his that c- yeah, that completely killed the momentum of the game. We're, it, it was, was already going the wrong way. It was such an odd play because, it like, was. it was because I can see like it's it was a dumb thing to do, but it's not like he like he didn't grab him and like hold him back. It was kind of like almost like an involuntary, like this guy's coming at us just threw our guy to the floor. React. It was a weird move. Mm. I'm not trying to defend it. I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt on that. Like the first like time very, I watched the replay. Yeah. It looked like a very ginger, like hand to the thigh, you know, sure. like not like, did, a, did it really affect the play? No, no. But like, at the same time, come on, my guy. Like, yeah, come on. <laughs> this is not the time. It's it is funny. It is funny how right after the play, like everybody on the Sixers bench stood up except for Yang because he was like, "I gotta sit down. I just grabbed his. Maybe they yeah. won't see. Maybe they won't see me." He's like Homer Simpson trying to back up into the bushes, you know? Yeah, because I I initially didn't hear the the tech called on Jalen Brown, so I was like, "Why are Why are they reviewing this? Like, you can't just." look back and be like did we miss something yeah um 
So I was I was very confused for a little bit, but um, yeah, just a just a bonehead play. Like that's uh, this one is just a bonehead play. I think it it shows that we we didn't have a team of winners. Like it's not a winning play. I mean, you know, ultimately, what we said last week, we said a championship team wins this game seven, and they weren't a championship team, and they really proved it. Yeah, they yeah. they really put their stamp on the this is not a championship team. But I have one more kind of point about that, which is that something we talked about another on another episode a while ago. But it's like I know that winning a championship is the ultimate goal in the NBA, mm-hmm. but it is kind of like you know only one team wins a title every year. Mm-hmm. You know, 29 teams don't. And it's like, it's not about winning. It's about winning a title in an era. You know what I mean? And there, I don't, um, I don't, see, sure. I don't see the era being closed yet, you know? And not a lot of teams, not a lot of teams win multiple titles. Not a lot of teams, you know, repeat, 3P, all that, win, build dynasties, you know? It's about mm-hmm. winning a title it's about being a consistent contender which i believe that the sixers are and it's about eventually getting know. over that hump and winning a title in the era that you've built which is the joel Embiid era sure and you know that window is is starting to it it's starting yeah. to shut how, how much of a window does he have that's I mean, the thing it, this is the first time it feels like it's actually shutting. The other years, the other years, it felt like it was it was you know, lot bad losses. You know the the, you know the um, Toronto game seven loss, the Kawhi shot that didn't feel like the window was slamming shut. You know they had to completely rebuild the team in the off season, um, and then they lost to to Boston in the bubble without. Ben Simmons when he was still a viable NBA player, which we need to talk about Ben Simmons posting from his Instagram stories. Well, well, don't hold, do hold, that. Hold, yeah, that was, <laughs> I mean, that was, that was dumb. Um, I mean, and then I, yeah, the, yeah. the Atlanta, the Atlanta loss seemed like the end of Ben Simmons era with the Philadelphia right, but, 76ers. But here's the thing. There's a four year gap in between those. Like a, those are the, those are the between the Toronto or, or not four years, but no, no. What, three years. Between so it those? was it was Toronto in 2019, mm. Boston in 2020, in the bubble, in the yeah. bubble, Atlanta in 2021. Okay, and then last okay. year was Miami in the and so, there was the and there was the Embiid miss half the series that, or two games or whatever you know. So sure. There was always there was always an external excuse or factor or something where it felt like okay it didn't go our way but there's something else going on here and this was the first time it was definitive proof that it's just like we didn't show up it wasn't right, because the ball bounced because weird oh, yeah I know we've been contenders but how many of those teams have you actually believed could win a champ a championship. I mean the team uh twenty nineteen most definitely could have won a championship. Not, like that's the only one. Not twenty twenty. Twenty twenty one could have won a championship. And I think 
2021? Could, could because the of the, that they because of the path, not because of the team. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah, I'm I'm talking about I'm talking about belief in the team. I mean, I think yeah, I guess like I don't know. That was before Ben completely blew up though. You know, yeah, but we knew we always knew what Ben was. Yeah, but the path I mean, that was probably the easiest ourselves. path that they should have had to the NBA Absolutely. finals. Absolutely. We convinced um, ourselves that we could win with Ben, but we knew we knew what we had. Yeah. After after 2019, I think we knew what we had. Um he I mean, wasn't gonna we, magically get a jump shot. You know? I don't know. If we knew what we had after 2019, people would have been more angry about about choosing Jimmy over Ben at the time. And who uh, was uh, happy uh, about that? A percentage of people. A per- I don't know if anybody was ha- happy, but I think most people would have said, given that choice, you gotta go with the, the 24-year-old over the 30-year-old or whatever. You know, like I think right, because these those were people that were like, yeah, because in three years, maybe we'll be in a position to win a championship. Not like we're trying to win within this window. Yeah. I, that's that's where I, I just like, I think there's been some, I, th- I think the problem with the process has been that there was not a clear end date. That's true. And I you think know? that the, I think that the team's idea of their window and the fans idea of their window were at completely at odds. The fans right. thought they had a 10-year window. The fans thought this was a long-term, ooh, this is a young team that's all going to grow together. But from a, a team standpoint, it became very clear immediately after the very first year that they made the playoffs that they are trying to win a championship immediately, especially right. when they trade for Jimmy and then trade for Tobias and then make all those moves that year where they kind of like, you know, blew up their their assets and everything like that it was like oh no the, we're the window is now and that's right. kind of where everything got jumbled and like oh what are they doing and you know and you, you you can't ignore that you know there were personnel changes that that completely swung the 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 team philosophy like having hinky removed mm-hmm. completely changed what our what our path was you know, uh, you look at the commanders getting sold this year, and you're like, "How much of this was really like? Is Josh Harris just trying to 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 get as much out of this right now so I can make another move and 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 you know buy another team?" Yeah, like I, I don't know. There, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of question marks there. But like my my point there was, I don't. This is the first year I actually. I, I like legitimately believe that we could win a championship. There were situations where I was like, oh, if if, if we're gonna do it, this is a good path. Like this yeah. is a an opportunity. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time I was like, no, this team could. I mean, 20, 2019, because of the fact that the Warriors had injuries mm-hmm. was a reality. If the Warriors sure. Sure. weren't injured that year, that would have been, you know, it would have been like, sure. oh, maybe they could make the finals and then it would sure. be like a battle against the Warriors. Yeah. You know, and then, yeah, last year, I don't think they, you know, I don't think I really felt that they could win last year. Um, Because nah. I think that both Milwaukee and Bo- and Bo- Milwaukee, Boston and uh and Brooklyn last year were all kind of like, oh, I don't know about that. And then they ended up in our, Miami. It's just like, wasn't there. Yeah. You didn't have, you didn't have a PJ, you, you know, like the, I, yeah, you were missing key elements. 
but yeah, th this year for sure, 2019, and I'll say 2021 as well. Yeah, I I thought that was a team that could advance. I didn't think that was a team that could win. Um, they would have they, they would have had to play the Suns in the finals, which would not have been good. The Suns would have won a title in 2021. Yeah, in <laughs> in the the Kendall Bowl that would have been at that point. Oh man, yeah. Maybe that would have given Ben the uh, the ammo that he needed to to actually care about basketball. I don't think so. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, I don't think there's anything out there that could give him the ammo needed to care about basketball. Yeah, he just wants to post IG yeah. stories when it's when when a team's losing by thirty. Yeah, that's some real loser shit. Yeah. Yeah. Posting, oh, I'm oh, I'm watching this game. Oh, and why are you watching the game? Because the team you technically play for got swept in the first round by the team who's losing by 30. So what does that say about you, dude? Yeah. He has he has not played in a playoff game since playing for us. Yeah. So like you yeah, were let's... so you were so bad. The team that got swept by the team you're like boasting about watching losing didn't even want you to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, you got to have this, a little bit more self-awareness to that. But, like, you know, that's that's the last – that, that may be the last meaningful NBA game for Ben Simmons, you know? The Sixers-Celtics one? The, the Sixers-Celtics <laughs> game seven might be the last meaningful game for him. Here's, here's another thing um about this and this whole era because we, we kind of are really matched up with boston because they were doing a rebuild at the same you know just like yeah. they're doing a rebuild at the same time as the sixers theirs is going much better they've made multiple conference finals they've made an nba finals ultimately they are the team that like i was thinking about this i was like they're the team that's in our way they're the team that like beating them is going to feel like an accomplishment because it's going to be like, oh, they're mm -hmm. the team that we could not beat, right? Yeah, yeah. It's always going to be in the East, so it's never going to be the the, the completion of a job, even if it is in the Eastern Conference Finals at some point, which worries me. Because like, even if they get over the hump of Boston in like, the Eastern Conference Finals some year, then they're going to have to be in the Western Conference Finals, but there's going to be this sense of relief that they beat Boston. Yeah. From a fan standpoint, right? So so it kind of feels like, oh, man, even if the Sixers get one, one year, it's going to be like, so what? You got one. We beat you five times or whatever, right? Sure. But from a fan standpoint, and this might just be me talking myself into something, as long as Boston doesn't win a title first, I feel like it's still a race. It's the, the race is still yet to be won. <laughs> even if Boston makes another finals and the six and, and and lose and then the Sixers like eventually win a title before them. I'll consider that a victory, even though it's two finals appearances to one. No no moral victories, Aaron. There's none. That's There's not none. a moral victory. It's an actual title. No, because that would be all, an actual the only, title. The only thing that matters is that we beat them when we play them. That's all that's that that's the only I like I I could I'll be honest, I could not care less if they win a championship or not. That that means nothing to me. I understand how you're saying like it's parallel parallel rebuilds yeah. and things like that. Mm -hmm. I, I don't I don't I'm, care if they win. I'm looking right, at big honestly. picture, not individual seasons. Yeah. I'm I, looking I, at I, like I, overall experience over the course of an era. 
rather than individual seasons, which is probably something that I've been forced to do because of the uh, the performance <laughs> of the Philadelphia 76ers. Like, I I don't know. Like, I I I could not really care much less if if they beat us and they beat us to a championship. All I care about is can we win a ring? That's really that's really all it, it comes down to for me. Like I, I I can't worry about who else is winning them. It's it's we didn't. Um, you know, if they become a dynasty, I don't think I'd feel salty in ways. I think that would actually make me feel a little better because <laughs> it's like all right, well you you lost, you couldn't get past a juggernaut. You know, yeah. Um, I don't. But, but like, the way things the way things played out, I don't think that would make me feel better because you know, multiple players on that team could have been on this team. Sure, but like I, you, you, you know how dangerous a game that is. Once you start playing the one, oh, yes. like it, it's it's no, it's no longer oh, yeah. this team. You know, yes, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I is there part of me that's salty looking at Jason Tatum, like beat us in a in in what will go down on paper as the best game seven playoff performance? I say on paper because I'm 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 still going to reserve it. I, I would say he. He beat an opponent that really just rolled over. I mean, Doc um, Doc Doc said it that that game seven uh, performance by LeBron against the Celtics. I mean, I, the I, greatest I, was the greatest game seven performance he ever saw. Sure, I mean he scored he scored a lot of points on the team. Is it a coincidence that they always come against Doc Rivers' coached teams? Well, let's let's yeah, let's talk let's talk about Doc for a minute because you know I I assume probably by the time people are are listening to this, um, that that Doc may not have a job, um, and I don't know how much I blame Doc for this one. There have been there have been times where I blame Doc for losses for this loss. I, I don't know how much I blame him for this one. Uh, he, I don't really know how much I blame him for this series, quite honestly. I I agree somewhat. I agree somewhat. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I don't think it was his worst coaching performance, but I think there was an there, I think there was an, an overall weird attitude above over the whole thing. They were still complaining about game six minutes before game seven was started. You know what I mean? Like sure. The team sure. was, you know, the team was leaking uh uh blown calls by the officials and how the well, refs let's, let's let's talk about that for a second all right i you're not the first person that's used that 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 terminology that oh the sixers must have leaked this is that not public knowledge that's public information why is that need to be leaked i don't know i don't know that's, what it is it's just i i am repeating things that i've heard you are right i'm just i'm, I'm, just, just, saying I'm just saying like that's but that's, it is like but Doc was still talking about game six, like publicly, like when it should have been behind them. And that's just like kind of like a sign that like you probably so, were talking like that in the locker room or at least I, putting so, that putting that in your players heads through your talk to the media. Disagree with that. I disagree yeah? with that. That that is that's that just reeks to me of self-preservation. Like, hey, that wasn't my fault. Um, but that's not league, your job. The league said we. Put, no, I mean, it quite literally is his job. No, 
He's under contract to, to, pr- to protect to protect nah, his job. If, yeah, he gets, he, if he gets fired, he still gets paid. Your job is to get the yeah, team ready to win. To win, it's not to preserve. I I get it. I get what you're sure. saying. Your your job's also saying. to get your team not listening to the media, so they shouldn't care that the, from he's a personal, saying that to the media. From a personal standpoint, sure, his job is to keep his job, but but it's not. He doesn't need he he doesn't need money. He doesn't need status. No, it's a, he doesn't it's, need it, you know. Like, you think he doesn't have things to prove too? It's about it's about things to prove. He's trying to prove that he's not this big, uh, you know, game seven failure that, you know, he's not, he's not the, the James Harden of coaches. That's what he's trying to prove. Yeah. It's too late for that. He should have retired a decade ago. He does at least have a ring. So he's not the James Harden of coaches, but like, you know, yeah, he's the Kevin Durant of coaches. If you want to, if you want to give, if you want to count his rings, (laughs) that's yeah. Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) Uh, But like, you know, that's I, I I don't I don't put too much I don't put too much thought into that. I don't put too much stock into that. Um however, you know, I, I do think there comes a time I, I this this kind of feels like and and granted, obviously there were not four straight conference finals, but this just feels like Andy Reid with the Eagles. Like the, at a certain point, you know, maybe it wasn't your fault that year, but like when you've just run your course here. Yeah. Here's I I heard somebody say this and I, I it was on you know a podcast probably but it was like yeah if the Sixers fire Doc Rivers they're not going to bring in Nick Nurse they're not going to bring in Monty Williams because the, they should they should yes <laughs> but be, they, yes I agree I agree but because of the Sixers and the organizational uh you know practices malpractices of the organization they're probably going to hire some cheap like a first time assistant coach to come in. Well, but like, you know, on paper that, that wouldn't necessarily be the wrong move. You know, I find no, no, there's a chance that it could work, but, but they're not going to splurge and hire, you know, they're not going to bring in Budenholzer or Nick nurse or Monty Williams. But my, my fear is that they bring in Mike D'Antoni, which is, that's my biggest fear, which is like, all right, cool. So, you're saying you want to maybe lose in the conference finals. You don't just like get there, but you won't lose when you get there. Like, I don't, I don't know. Um, Mike D'Antoni, yeah. do you think he could coach a team that is as slow as the Philadelphia 76ers are? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think the Sixers have to be slow. I think that's kind of a function of the offense that we run right now. You, you look at Maxie's one of the quicker players in the league. Um, you know, Harden, if he's on the team next year, is and I would hope if D'Antoni's coaching that he's on the team. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, think they bring in D'Antoni without Harden being on the team. He's one of the uh, he's one of the quicker you know outlet passers. Uh, one of the one of the the, the better um, transition passers, as as uh, my buddy Greg would like to d- distinguish between outlet and transition. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't think we have to be slow. I think that's just a function of. The offense we run right now, you know, he'd he'd be okay. That I just don't trust the D'Antoni team to defend in the playoffs when it matters. Yeah, I have I have two questions. One of them I'll try to ask quickly, uh, or you know, ask in a way that provides a quick answer. How confident, scale of one to ten, are you that James Harden is on the Sixers next year? 
Uh, four. Yeah. I was going to say four yeah. or five. Yeah. I'm not, I, I really don't know. I'm, I don't know how to call it. I'd say slightly, slightly worse than a toss up. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of noise and that's usually not good. Keenan, one final question for you. And it's, uh, I'm going to admit yeah. right now, it's a loser of a question. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have said that because now it'll probably skew your answer. But I'm, going I'm, ask, hold it against you. I'm going to ask it in a very specific way. Would the best thing to happen for these Philadelphia 76ers from a standpoint of just a sigh of relief for us fans be for Joe Embiid to request a trade? Oh, God. Um, no. Would that just release no. us? Would that just, would we be able to say, you know what? He should he should do that. We failed him. We can let him go and we we, we can we can move on now. No, because I no, because no. any any measure of success on his side would be uh would would be forever remembered um by our our, our fandom. Um, yeah. So no, of course. I, I yeah, I can't I can't think that that would be the the best thing, and I know you're I know you're largely kidding with that question, but uh, there's some there's some there are. To it. Yeah. I mean, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding in that I I I if you think so, you are a loser. But there are people out there who say that Joel Embiid that the Sixers should blow it completely up and they should see what they could get for Embiid and trade him. And I'm saying that's a loser mentality. You know, I'm I mean, saying you know we didn't trade Iverson until 2000 what. 2006, six? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. After he, you know, after they had exhausted every single <laughs> chance to try to build yeah. a team around him and find him a, a partner. I mean, you know, I mean, Keith we, Van Horn, Glenn Robinson, Chris Weber. We, we were on, you know, at least I'm saying this off the top of my head, but I, I'm pretty sure we were on the other side of the last time the reigning MVP got traded. Um, it, I can't think Dwight, of it since Moses. Is that the Dwight? The, oh, Moses. Okay, yeah. But did, did Dwight get traded as the reigning MVP? I don't remember. I don't... I've seen Prob- people probably go in free not. agency. Probably not. I've seen people walk in free agency, but like, last, last time I remember... Uh, a reigning MVP getting traded was was, was Moses. Moses, and look what happened. And he came here and won a chip the and next year immediately. So like, I can't, I can't, yeah, I can't see us doing that. Um, I something I've been thinking about is you know Philly fandom often described as you know we're we're a passionate fan base, um, but I think it's important to remember what the word passion actually means. Um, this is a great, a little, this is a great way to close us out. A little Webster's a little dictionary here. defines passion as. Well, it's not even that. Cause like, you know, the, the, the word has, has come to me- to mean, you know, very, very vocal and you're willing to do anything for something, but like it means in your feelings, 
the root of the word, um, if you go back to the Greek, is is actually pain and enduring. Um, and so I would say, if you truly call yourself a Philadelphia fan, like you do have to be passionate here, and we're just in the middle of enduring some true pain. Um, take this which I think when pe- when people say that Philadelphia fans are passionate fans, they are going back to the original Greek of the word. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah, is what they're I mean, going. They're- that's. You know, they call us the city of brotherly love and they say we're passionate fans and those two things go back to their to the yeah, to their, to their, to their origins. Greek, yeah. Their Greek origins, yeah. So like enduring you know, pain you, is the best way. You can't you can't you to can't want to get off the train. You can't want to get off the train now. This is this is what it's about. Um No, you're a lo- if you do, you're a loser. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want you at my uh I don't want you at my parade. If this is what kicks you off the train, you don't get to come back and, and celebrate when it's good. So, you know, this was this one, this one sucked. I think it was deflating. Um, I think others have hurt more. Toronto still hurt more. Um, I still see that clip and, and it, it, it stings. Yeah. But, um, this one. This one just kind of was a this, was a slow fade. Yeah, it was. You know? a, it was. A, they really didn't have it. It yeah. was okay. They are not yeah. who we might have thought they were. Right. Right. Yeah. And so you know, we not as much of a to... gut punch and like a stabbing pain as you know. Yeah. And not as much of a not as much of a what the fuck just happened as Atlanta. Right. 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 Yeah. Exactly. It's so, you know it's always a new way to lose with the Philadelphia seventy sixers. Yeah, yeah, we do keep it interesting if nothing else. Keenan, thank you for taking the time. Of course, of course. To 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 do our podcast. This is <laughs> to do the podcast that is both of ours. Uh, to Man. thank you for taking the time to to talk this out today instead of yesterday when we would have both been in our feelings. Yeah. Um a little bit too much probably, but that's it for another episode of the Stretch Four Podcast. You know where to find us online at stretchforpod.com. On Instagram at stretchforpod, on Twitter at stretchforecast. Follow Keenan, follow me, and follow your heart in all of your passions as you endure your pain through your fandom of the Philadelphia 76ers.